What the fuck is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. This is too much energy already. I was going to say, we'll fake. bring in the energy. <laughs> I don't well, like new Doug. <laughs> no, it's not new Doug, but it is a new <laughs> intro music, and this is the same podcast, uh, so I guess we're already getting your expectations up. But no, uh, new music's exciting. Uh, my name's Doug Coleman. Uh, I think I already said this is Almost Better Than Silence, but I'm here today with the other co-host, Whitney Nelson, and we're bringing back guest friend of the show, Pat Johnson. From the Melting Pat. How's everybody doing? Hello. I'm good. Doug, once again, it's an honor that you made it to the bottom of your uh, contact <laughs> list for the show <laughs> and found my name on it. Uh, it's great to be here and great to meet Whitney, finally. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Finally yeah. in the same place at the same time. Uh, digitally speaking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird place to meet people. That's the thing. I have my wedding coming up, and I'm going to be meeting Whitney in IRL for the first time. In Same with Mark space. for the first time. Oh, so my gosh. Whitney's going to be meeting AJ and Mark for the first time. So all uh-huh. of us, it's it's very kind of funny how we're just internet friends, and <laughs> I feel like the listeners might not realize that and think, oh, all these people know each other. It's like, nah, we really just talk to each other. Um, but it's it's really exciting. Wow. Old, old Pat's going to have to crash this wedding, it sounds like. Jesus <laughs> no, Christ. No. <laughs> You're more than welcome, dude. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, this is a video game podcast for anyone new. God, I always wonder if there's ever anybody new and it's just like, what the fuck am I diving into? I, it's 300 plus episodes of a backlog. No, thanks. But, uh, you don't have to listen to any of that if, unless you want to. (laughs) Um, is it just me and Judge Greg at this point hanging on? (laughs) Pretty much. You guys are the, the real solid crew and I appreciate you guys. Um, but Let's see here. We do typically go around the table talking about the video games we've been playing, and I guess we haven't heard from Pat in the longest time. So let's start with you. Have you been playing many video games? You do sometimes bring them up on your show, The Melting Pat. Uh, yes, unfortunately, I haven't brought them up in the last like three weeks because I just I sit down to record and realize, wow, I got nothing to go for the show and uh, just never jump into it. But I have been playing Golden Sun on my phone again just because I fucking love that game. And I got plenty of games to play on my 3DS, but I just decide to play on my phone instead. I know, not very exciting, but, you know, (laughs) you you messaged me 20 minutes ago and said, hey, do you want to be on our show? (laughs) So you can't really expect me to bring the heat. So uh, (laughs) apologies to the to Judge Greg out there, but uh, yeah, I got nothing. You're breaking the fourth wall here, Pat. You're not supposed to let them in on the internal machinations. Yeah, that's the whole thing. We listen. I've, I've been around. I've been doing this long enough where that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's one thing I do want to get back into doing is uh, live streaming the episodes on Twitch. But that's like a whole new level of stress and like anxiety of being like it's a live show again. And I feel like you having a radio show had to deal with that a lot. Can you maybe explain to our listeners what you did on the radio and how long of a time period you were doing that for? So I started, uh, I will do my best to explain. Um, I started doing college radio. I did um, a sports show, a music show, a wrestling show, and a general talk show. And I did that for two years and then brought that to an independent station called Party 93.4, which I did that for, shit, four years and just kind of mashed all those together. And, uh, the biggest thing that I love, people ask me this once in a while, like, Hey, what's the difference between uh, a live show and a podcast? And it's time. Like I can, like we can sit down and do this in 40 minutes anytime we want. Whereas with a live show, like, okay, I got to be here Sunday at noon and I got to do an hour. And that was the most stressful thing was like, no matter what I did with the music or the talking or whatever, you got to fill that hour. Otherwise the man was there and they said, Hey, 
why is your show only 40 minutes? Like, what are you doing? Why is there 20 minutes of dead air? Yeah. I don't know. I had to go take a dump. What do you want me to do? <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, it was, um, yeah. So I kind of did a little of, uh, everything. And now with the podcast, I'm into, uh, playing a bunch of independent bands, which is the most exciting thing. Sometimes I get to talk to them. Um, and just really, it's me yelling about sports and, uh, yeah, sports and retail and sometimes video games, and then I play a song to break it up, and then I go home, and that's all. Yeah, it's a really fun show. Uh, I love the Pat Peeves and everything. Well, thank you. Where, yeah, no, it's a, it's a great show. I definitely t- recommend our listeners check it out. Is there anything about the radio aspect or radio world that you miss, or is it pretty? are you happy podcasting now? Uh, well, I am very happy podcasting, but the one thing that I do miss is live interaction. Um, yes. And that's what I miss. And that's the whole reason I want to do it on Twitch because there was episodes in our backlog of 300 plus episodes where maybe you or Greg Juggs, Greg were tuning in and, uh, saying stuff in the chat and it was feeding into the actual discussion of the episode. So that's the thing that I'm lacking and I, I miss, and I hope we can do it again, but it's going to be, it's going to require some work, but we can do it. Yeah, the best thing for me was people would fact check me while I was doing stuff. Like, no, that's not how the story went, Pat. This is how it is. And I'm like, oh, okay, this actually makes the show better because I'm like, oh, no, it's this. And then I have a whole new tangent to go on after that. So, yeah, the live interaction uh, is about the only thing I miss. Everything else I can do on the podcast and kind of do on my own time and not have to worry uh, about being in one place at one time or doing a certain amount of time. But, yeah, um, the interaction is the best. So if you get back on Twitch... That's good. You know, everybody talk to Doug when he does this, because otherwise he has to bring me back and he doesn't want to do that. So <laughs> you got to jump in and uh, and interact with Doug so he doesn't get too lonely to call me. There you go. Uh, but and as I guess that's it basically for the game update from you as far as uh, just Golden Sun on your phone. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I beat Pokemon Moon. Finally, I got back into that. And oh, congrats. Re- I didn't realize that I never finished it. And I jumped back in. I was like, oh, there's a whole bunch of other stuff I never did. Um, and then I was like, okay, done with that. And I got to wait till like November to get the new Switch. So uh, I'm very excited about that, by the way. I, Doug, I know you're excited for me to get that. But yes, uh, it's, it's going to be a little bit. But uh, I'm going to I'm working on it. And uh, yeah, just playing Golden Sun on my phone in the meantime. Excellent. And how about you, Whitney? I feel like we haven't heard from you in a week or two. Yeah, Um. Mainly, I've been working like very long days, so there hasn't been too much time for gaming. Um, I did play over the weekend. I played the first of the Blackwell Chronicles, which is the Blackwell Legacy, which came out in 2006. Um, nice. And my boyfriend and I, we set it up to do like a sort of a couch co-op thing where we switched off making the decisions and solving the puzzles because it's just a basic old adventure game. Um but we wanted to kind of play through all of them. And it's like a probably a two-hour playthrough. So it's nice to sit down instead of like the time you would spend watching a movie. You can sit down and play a game. Um, Definitely. So that was really fun. I enjoy it. It's about a, a medium who you has like a ghost partner. And they have to send d- ghosts who don't know that they're dead. They have to send them to the other side. So you're going all around New York like telling ghosts that they've died. Oh man, that's got to be such a shitty like well, realization <laughs> of like The first episode is three like college kids who commit suicide. Oh yikes. They they start off like right in the middle of of heavy stuff. Yeah, well I just feel like how if you're a ghost how do you not know it? It's like, oh, I can't 
uh, open the refrigerator door. I guess I'm still alive. Like That's the whole part of the game is figuring out how you're going to make them realize that they're dead. Oh, wow. Interesting. I yeah. definitely want to look into it then. They're, they're fun. They've got a, a sort of a timelessness in a noir sense. There's very like sort of pulp detective sort of feeling to it, even though it's in modern day and you go do like research on your computer in between, you know, as a reporter and stuff like that. And then the next one, um, we've started the next one. I don't remember which one that is, what it's called, but it's the second one in the series. And you go back in time and you're actually the girl you play in the first episode, you're her aunt. And because all the women in the family have this same ghost buddy, uh, he's been the same one for three generations of, of Blackwell women now. So, um, and he like, is like a trench coat and a fedora and he's like a <laughs> tough talking kind of a guy. And Does he have a van yeah. that says free candy too? This guy sounds creepy as shit. <laughs> well, he's a ghost, so he can't touch anything. Oh, the worst for a creep. He can't touch anything. Ugh. <laughs> He's like an old hard-boiled detective kind of character. and So anyway, I had a lot of fun with that. And then everything else has been work. I did get very into, embarrassingly into, a game on my phone called Design Home, which is literally oh. just interior design, microtransaction-y, like whatever. But it is very addicting. It it is satisfying a I've always liked interior design and I've always liked putting stuff together, but I've never had money to actually buy furniture. And it right. really surprisingly satisfies that itch of like wanting to put a nice room together and color coordinate stuff and have a three thousand dollar couch that I don't have and whatever. <laughs> um and you can play it in little spurts because it's microtransaction y. It's not an- annoying like I stopped playing the the Harry Potter game. Because it yeah. was so focused on getting your money or making you wait and then yelling at you a bunch. Um, and th- there's very few push notifications. There's new challenges where it's like, you know, design a modern all-white home in Sri Lanka or whatever. And so you have to color coordinate everything to to fit with the people in the challenge and whatever. Um, but it's there's new challenges once every, like, five hours. And so you spend like 10 minutes putting the room together, you submit it, and then other people vote on it. And it's it's the perfect thing for when you are working a lot and you need a little bit of a, a distraction, but you can't like devote yourself to a story or anything. It's like I take 10 minutes, like twice in my workday, design a living room or design a kid's bedroom or design a beach house, and then I go away again. And it's um, I've gotten very into it. That's pretty cool. Have you spent any money on it? I'm just curious. I did spend money at the very beginning. What was it like to remove ads or was it just to like get some kind of like uh perk? Well, no, they do um they do like seasonal packages that you can buy for 3.99 and it's like this one was a tropical one and I really liked all that sort of tiki lounge tropical vibe of the stuff. Hell yeah. Um so I bought that, but I haven't like bought any you know, like the the furniture all costs in game money, and you can supplement that with real money. But I've I've been able to to maintain it without buying any like putting any of my money into it. I've been able to. They give you enough money for the challenges and stuff that you can you can perpetuate it without very cool. spending any money. I just did it for the tropical decor. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm I. There's certain things that it's like I have a couple bucks here. Why not? It'll it's an enjoyable experience. So that sounds pretty fun. I I feel like I would enjoy that. 
I can't wait for Whitney to come back on in like December and be like, Doug, I maxed out a credit card on Design Home. <laughs> I'm homeless now. I'm living in a dumpster because but I have designing a $3,000 couch. <laughs> but check out this Christmas room I just made. Exactly. There we go. Yeah, those games are a trap, and I feel like they're still trying to... It's like the Wild West with microtransactions. They're trying to re uh, rethink it all and make it so people aren't going to get addicted. But that's a whole other discussion, and we've kind of touched on it in the past before. But uh, as far as the games I've been playing, I'm still going strong with Zelda Breath of the Wild, and I'm streaming it regularly. In fact, I did a Twitter poll the other day where it's like, what would you guys be more interested in watching me Twitch stream Breath of the Wild or Life is Strange 2? And it was 100% Breath of the Wild. And I just feel like that game is just so fun to watch and play. Like, so I'm mostly going to be streaming that. There is maybe a day coming up here this weekend where I'm going to try to do some Life is Strange 2. So keep your eye out there because I'm towards the end of episode four. And then we only have one more episode and that game's finally wrapping up. And I'm looking forward to just being done with that game. It's been so dragged out that it's just like, I almost feel like I should probably, once episode five comes out, start from the beginning and just, but no, no, actually your decisions matter in my playthrough. It would fuck up my playthrough. So I should probably just play through episode five, but I just want to almost replay the whole game just to get the full experience of like all the episodes at once. But if I'm going to go that far, I'd probably start from the beginning of like Life is Strange 1, maybe even before the storm, since I already know the story and shit, and since that's a prequel, and just do it all sequentially. Because I just love the Life is Strange franchise, and I'm eager to see if this uh, sequel is going to wrap up and make me just as happy. But we'll find out. Because, it, I don't know, there's super emo uh, games, if you haven't checked it out. A lot of depressing shit happens. That's a good way to describe heavy. them. It really is. I feel like uh, emo, but with like great uh, indie music. Um mm-hmm. Uh, did I talk about finishing a chapter in the original Life is Strange? I don't know if I did that before or I'm after not sure. my the last time I was on. Uh, I'm not sure. Which one did that, you beat? It ended with, with the big cliffhanger. Where, <laughs> well, that's helpful. Where she where she has been shot. Okay. Yeah, Whoa, no, that's, spoiler, Whitney. Jesus. No, We've already no, said more than once I've, there's no spoilers for, for Life is Strange because Whitney's playing through it and... Yeah, no, I've played through fun. it already. I'm good. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like I'm trying to think there's many people who get shot, so I'm just I'm so <laughs> out of it. So oh it's fine. Yeah, no, it's 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 a she gets shot and then because every time so far that anyone's been shot, it's been a reversible moment. This hmm. was she gets shot and then the credits roll. Yes. Okay, I recall now. Uh and so yeah, that was that was the last that I played. Um, oh gosh, get back to it, please. <laughs> oh, I I know. I'm 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 very much in the the heat of it right now. Is that something your significant other has an interest in? Because maybe you'd, that could be one you guys could play through together as well. I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. Um, yeah, yeah, I should ask. But other than Zelda, I'm trying to think here. I am, yeah, Life is Strange and uh, maybe a bit of Mario Kart and stuff before bed. So not too much on my end as far as games go. But one thing that interesting that happened that I need to bring up, I found a game from that I've been searching for for like my entire like adult life. I feel like there was this game that I in the back of my mind, whenever people would like ask me, like as a podcaster, I'm constantly interviewing people being like, oh, what's the first game you ever recall playing? And for me, I I was just like, I know there was a game that I played. I just can't think of the title of it. And 
but I always would just answer and be like, I'm pretty sure it was, uh, my first game was either Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on Sega Genesis or The Lion King. Cause I remember there was like one Christmas where we got both of them and it was like huge. But before that, even I'm positive there was one day my dad came home from work. We had one of these ancient ass computers. He brought home a box of floppy disks of various DOS games for this like yeah. ancient computer. I love where this is going. Yeah. Okay. And this game that I remember playing, I, I had no nothing to go on because I was so young, was it was a war game and it was DOS based and it was just very like pixelated and you just shoot shit and throw grenades and there was tanks and stuff. I'm like, what game was this? So there was this website. I'm trying to fucking find this shit in our Slack. I have no idea where I posted this, but it was basically like this... Uh, dictionary of all these like forgotten dos games i'm like oh i'm browsing through i'm like you know what i i bet it's in here but i just don't know if i'm ever going to be able to like locate it lo and behold it's this game called cabal c-a-b-a-l and it's a lot of these games that are on this website uh are in browser that you can play them uh because they're so old and dos based that it's like in this day and age it's easy to do but Mm -hmm. the problem with the browser in browser like uh gameplay is it's so fast that like the game is almost like fast forwarding like in compared to like what my memory of like an old ass computer could barely handle playing this floppy disk game and it'd just be like super slow paced and i could handle like oh shoot this uh move here in browser it's just like on cocaine. It's just like, I'm like, oh my God. It's like, you don't even stand a chance. So I almost want to download it and see if there's some kind of emulator that gives me the ability to slow shit down so I can actually enjoy the experience. But, uh, yeah, no, the website's called abandonwaredos.com. And yeah, the game's called Cabal. Check it out. And looking into it though, I'm like, I was super young and there's like the, the opening like logo and everything's like this burning skull and shit. It's like cabal. And I'm like, it felt very much like almost like a dark, like doom or something. And I'm like, I was too young to like have this as my first game memory, but it was so, so amazing to have this closure after literally decades of being like, what the fuck was that game? And it's not even like I could ask my dad because I'm sure he doesn't remember. I'm looking at the, uh, the cover art now. This guy's jacked. I'm yeah. into this. It's fucking awesome. And the gameplay was great. Like, it, it's very just much, like, uh, destructible environment. Like, that was the thing that blew my mind as a kid. It was like, you'd throw a grenade at a building after a couple times, the building would collapse. And I was like, holy shit. And then, I don't know. And it was just all about collecting a high score. Very addicting game for back in the day. And I, just replaying it was just like, I don't know, mind-blowing. I was so excited. But that's basically the games I've been playing. I'm curious to see if there's anything in the news. Uh, Pat, I was going to say, is there anything going on in the news for you? Because <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> did you guys talk about Telltale coming back? No, actually. I don't think we did. Or perhaps, but not in depth. But I'm glad you brought that up. Because, in fact, that led me to think of you when we were talking about in our Slack. Uh, the people who are bringing back Telltale have kind of extended the offer to be like if you worked uh here formerly there's the chance you can work here and there's the opportunity in the future to have a full-time position uh i remember bren was like uh that's kind of shitty of them but i was thinking it's nice for them to at least extend that offer in the sense of when i was on your show or vice versa i forget we were talking about how toys uh, Toys R Us was going bankrupt and then they kind of came back and like brought it back under a new brand like Jeffrey's Toy Box or some shit 
And I remember the discussion between you and me was, oh, are they going to give Toys R Us employees like priority to like get a job there? And I'm, it was pretty clear the answer was no. So, and I was saying if, uh, if a company were to do something like that, I think that's a good, nice gesture. So I think what Telltale is doing, the new people running it, it's coming from a good place. But I could also see, uh, Bren just being like, they're just using them because they're the people that n- they can pick up where they left off and not have any like uh, obligation to pay them a full time position or something. Yeah, I think what they might do, what they well, I'm not going to speculate on what they might do. What they could do is yeah, bring those people in on projects that are because they're bringing back the Batman game and ah, what's the other one? Wolf Among Us is that what it's called? Yes, yes, um, and that was the one I was the most devastated about because they they were supposed they were in development of a wolf among us too and then yeah just they pulled the rug out from the whole company yeah so it's already in development so that means that these people uh theoretically won't have to start from scratch and won't have to you know put in as as much time as they would if they were making a new game so yeah bring these people back on you know per diem and then you know you pay them less and these games are done and then go from there but uh I don't know. I like the uh, the idea that they're bringing the people back who are already there. Uh, I do think it's a bit of uh, trying to save face at this point, given how uh, abruptly the company closed. But who knows? You know what? No, I'm going to go positive on this. They're bringing back the people who know their stuff, and then they'll figure it out from there. But yeah, I mean, if you're into these games, like you're excited for Wolf Among Us, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going positive too. And here, I did find Bren's commentary and it's on the negative. He's saying that's fucked. It's a way for them to get the same labor with no promise of benefits and relying on a boss's generosity to maybe one day possibly giving them work. Uh, if I was a former employee, I'd cut my losses and not look back. And, ah, uh, I see sort of where he's coming from. But I, like I said, I'm, I'm in your court thinking that it's coming from a positive place. And I think, yeah, if what's let's say I don't know how the job market is in the gaming industry currently. There's a potential that the people that lost their jobs still don't even have their jobs back now. So the to get this opportunity would be a a good thing. I will give Brendan a point that corporations generally are not uh, you know, not very nice, but this is a step in the right direction in my book. Yeah, I think so too. So, I don't know. That to be honest, as a fan, I just thought A Wolf Among Us 2, now it's just dead in the water, never going to happen. And mm-hmm. the fact that it's got a, a life to it now, it's very exciting. So, I, I don't know. Good kudos on the guys trying to bring back Telltale. I think there's a big fan base that is, should be excited about it. Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm curious to see how this new company is running Telltale, because obviously, as we saw what happened with them, it became more and more obvious how deeply ingrained the like problems were and i don't know if you can pick up any of that mantle without picking up any of the problems Um, oh sure i hope not (laughs) for their sake so I'm, i'm just curious to see if if it's basically just starting a brand new company all over again and just using the previous assets i don't know if it's gonna feel like a telltale game um even if you're buying it because you're fans and you want to keep making the Telltale games for the fans, it it's it could be very, very different feeling. So I'm curious to see how it all plays out and, and sort of keep an eye on it as things happen, because I definitely am optimistic. I'm always optimistic with stuff like that, though. Give people the benefit of the doubt and then yeah. uh, wait and see how it goes. But I am curious to kind of just see the storyline of it, because with so many endemic 
issues in the company, it's hard to take over a company and fix it. Um, like you were talking about Toys R Us, I actually worked for um, a now defunct toy store chain when I was a teenager called Zany Brainy. Um, <laughs> nice. I love it. <laughs> they were they were great toy stores. Their their big thing was that every new toy that they got in inventory, they opened one for the employees to play with. So you you knew everything about every toy that was in there because you had played with them all. And then all the open ones were like put into this play area for kids. Anyway, they were cool toy stores, but they were going bankrupt and FAO Schwartz. No, a guy from a baby toy store bought Zany Brainy and FAO Schwartz because FAO Schwartz was also going under. And he was like, I'm going to buy all three of these companies that aren't doing well and I'm going to consolidate them and they'll, you know, hopefully make them profitable. And then they all went under and the only FAO Schwartzes that are left are like the one in New York. And that's that might be it. There might be one in like Vegas. Um, but there's the one that Macaulay Culkin goes to in Home Alone Lost in New York, and that's about <laughs> it for FAO Schwartz. And all of the other ones are gone because he just couldn't get rid of, with any people left from the original company, the problems that were inherent in the original company will, were still there. Um, there's right. just not enough gutting that you can do with some of that to fix it. Um, so... I'm curious. I'm curious yeah. to see. I would love more Telltale. I love what they're doing. As as a choice-based game aficionado, I'm never going to be upset about more Telltale in the world. Same. And I'm in the I also usually give people the benefit of that. Let's not get burned. Let's hopefully have a good Telltale revival. Um one game that really caught my interest after this Polygon article I saw uh, well, and I was always interested in it just because of the premise, and it looked very interesting, and I don't really understand the mechanics of it, but it's the game Dreams for PS4, and there's a player that made a kaiju game within the game of Dreams, and if for people who are unfamiliar, kaiju is kind of like a term for like a Godzilla creature, or like something that like terrorizes a city. Uh, I could be totally butchering it. That, that's my understanding, at least. Um, but this... This, I don't know, it's not even a mod, it's just this game this person created within the game. I want to play it, it looks so adorable, this kaiju is just like a goofy uh, lump of a creature, and he can like, they coded in the game like the ability to like, I don't know, uh, throw objects at like flying planes and like shoot lasers from his mouth and stuff, and like, I don't know, I'll link the Polygon article in our show notes so you can check out some footage, but yeah. Yeah, this it's, looks wild. It's absolutely adorable, but like, cool as fuck too, because it looks like a really fun game like that could sell on its own, but it's yeah. just somebody's imagination. Built inside and, somebody else's game. Exactly, and that's the, that was what makes me really curious about the game Dreams of being like, what can I do in that if I have that kind of dedication and time to like, uh, put into it you can create some really interesting cute shit and yeah this the way the article is written too is like look at this what a good boy he's like flipping he's so like cute. all this shit he's it adorable like a, it looks like a fat charmander yes okay i was struggling with like trying to like give some kind of visual for our listener i think that's a perfect representation yeah he has some kind of pokemon it's adorable and yeah i just mm -hmm. want to go fuck up a city like a good boy <laughs> So yeah, check Love out the it. game Dreams. Yeah, that was definitely ABTS worthy. Um, and then there's this other game that I saw. I don't know much about it, but I just at least will shout it out. It came out on August 20th of this year. It's on Steam. 
It's called Remnant from the Ashes. I just think I saw someone talking about it in a Facebook group somewhere, and I pulled it up. It looks pretty fucking cool. I don't know. It's just very much like a dark, almost like Diablo-esque style game, but I'll read the description. The world has been thrown into chaos by an ancient evil from another dimension. As one of the last remnants of humanity, you must set out alone or alongside up to two other survivors to face down hordes of deadly enemies to try to carve a foothold rebuild and retake what was lost and yeah check out some gameplay the creatures are super just badass looking with like a million limbs flying around fucking you up it's almost like i can't it's hard to like compare it to other games it looks very unique but also just very just dark and up my alley i feel like i'd have a fun time killing all these like demonic creatures it's like dark souls meets bloodborne meets like like a first person shooter i really don't know but i want to play it for sure so that Hmm. that's one to put on your radar at the very least it's currently going for 40 bucks on steam and i'm not sure if it's on consoles or not but it's looks really cool doug the person you heard talking about this was me I brought it up no on my way. show last week. Okay, that, that's honestly the most likely uh, possibility, because I listen to your show all the time. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I've never played any of those games you mentioned, but this game looks like a hell of a good time. Yeah, agreed. I think, and knowing that you can have up to two other players play with you, that might be a fun co-op experience. I also would be remiss if we didn't talk about The Man of Medan. Which is, oh, I believe, I don't know what that is. today as of recording. Um, as the world's number one Until Dawn superfan, um, Supermassive has done some stuff that hasn't been super well received or super exciting for a lot of people. Um, but I was watching uh, Giant Bomb's gameplay of the co-op stuff. I actually stopped pretty early in because I was so excited about what I was seeing that I was like, I don't want to spoil it. I know I'm yes. going to buy this. Yep. But they took my favorite part of Until Dawn. They clearly listened to what people were doing with Until Dawn, which is getting a group of people together to make the decisions because the decisions have such an impact on the game that you can have one person with the controller, but everyone is in charge of making decisions. So if you're going to, you know tell this person you like them or if you're going to ask them a question about something else and change the subject or whatever that will impact the game later on and so now they have a there's a co-op section where you do like chapters it looks like i'm not exactly sure about this cuz like i said i stopped it i was so excited i was like i don't want to see any more um but it looks like chapters of small like horror movies goosebumps kind of a thing um for the co-op modes and everybody can play depending on how many people are playing you play like two characters and and it's multiple it's a like it looks like a group of 20 somethings instead of a group of teenagers but (laughs) it's the same kind of decision making stuff where but now multiple people can play it together and make those decisions as a group and you don't have to all agree in order to to go one way or go the other way so you could have people actively like at odds with what they want to be doing with the decision making. And, and, uh, I think it looks super interesting. The, uh, game itself, they, it does not look like they've really updated their, like the engine that, that all the graphics are on. Um, sure. so it looks exactly like Until Dawn, which when Until Dawn came out, it was, very impressive and now it still looks good but it's a little bit more uncanny valley-ish because i feel like there's been some technological advancements people have caught up to where until dawn was where i felt like when until dawn came out it, uh, 
was seeing very little like that. Now yeah. I'm seeing a lot like that, and it doesn't look like much has updated as far as how it looks. I mean, it still looks great, but it doesn't look as... Yeah, with shit like Detroit Become Human and yeah. fucking uh, Death Stranding coming out, it's like, exactly. yeah, it's going to be hard to compete. I exactly. know what you're saying. Um, so as far as that goes, it doesn't look groundbreaking, but I am very excited to play. The reviews that I've seen have been mostly positive. It's got like 69% on Metacritic and 81% on PC Gamer and 7 out of 10 on IGN. So it's 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 like fairly average positive reviews. Um, yeah. But also, I think Polygon called Until Dawn one of the most important mediocre games ever made. So, <laughs> uh, and that, and that's not wrong. That's not wrong. Um, so I'm not really necessarily swayed one way or the other by the reviews being, you know, mostly good, but on the like middling end of good. Um, because uh, people said the same thing about Until Dawn, and it's one of my favorite games ever. So I am it's- very excited to get it. It came out today, I think, but I definitely will not be able to play it until work calms down, so. Sure. Oh, man, it's just so funny to me how across the board this is very much hitting a, right in the middle of the spectrum of, like, if you pull it up on Steam right now, it's mixed, like, all the reviews. Yep. Like, yep. I just, that's interesting to me. Like, I, I wonder what's so not polarizing it's just like ah this is good but not great uh i don't know i i'm interested in i mean all of the gameplay was based on quick time events and because they wanted it to look cinematic in until dawn there's times where you're supposed to be looking at the ground to see something and you can't actually look at the ground because the camera is fixed in a certain way like the actual gameplay itself especially for someone like me who is obsessed with how a game feels to play it and the the like UX of the controls is so important to me and whether or not I like a game. You could yeah. make the best game ever and if it's not intuitive and it doesn't feel good to play, like Destiny is not a great game and it's getting worse instead of better. Um but I still love playing it because it's so satisfying and so intuitive. You can just sit down and when you like melee something, you feel it in the controller and it's just everything is where it should be. You can play it without knowing how to play video games. Yeah. And it's and that's a big deal to me. And Until Dawn was not that at all. It was all quick time events and all the quick time events were like in weird places. Um, the only thing that I will say that they did that it looks like they did more of was the like stay still. And if you literally, if you move the controller, you might get caught by whatever's chasing you in Until Dawn. They did something in this one where you have to stay calm. And you do that by hitting the button every time the heartbeat goes. So it's almost like like a a rock band kind of a thing. But it speeds up as the the thing that's scary gets closer to you. Um, So that's, that's, I think, very atmospheric gameplay. But it's also not something where you can feel like technically skilled at it. You can't get good at Until Dawn. Yeah. Um, And I think that's a big thing for a lot of people. Interesting. No, that, that kind of explains it. Wow. But yeah, that's one to keep your eyes on. Yeah, the fact that it just came out, we'll have to see what some more reviews say. I'm interested to get your feedback when you get around to playing it. Mm -hmm. It's definitely happening. I just don't know when. That's fair. (laughs) Like, there's there's no question in my mind that I'm buying this game and playing it and enjoying it, probably, but... Yeah, and with... Uh, my wedding coming up, I gotta be real with the listener, I feel like we're gonna be trying to get some episodes in the backlog, so not sure how much game talk we're gonna have, we might have a couple (laughs) stumpers heavy episodes with Matt and fam, but we'll see what goes on. 
But um, I think that's it for the game discussion and like news stuff. Is there, or unless uh, Whitney or uh, Pat, is there anything uh, burning that you want to talk about in in the gaming news or even movie news, anything along those lines before we maybe play a conversation game? No, I just wanted to talk about Man of Medan. Okay, how about you, Pat? No, I brought the news bit with Telltale. I think I've uh, filled my quota for today. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You've more than filled your quota. Uh, well, then, if that's the case, let's maybe play a quick game of... Which game are we playing? Shit. Uh, I was a walrus. So we're playing I Was Walrus, and we're throwing Pat under the bus here because he's going to be the judge and responsible for coming up with some categories. So Whitney and I are going to be the contestants. I'm going to hand this one over to Pat. What's oh. our first category? Oh, Christ. All right, folks. Uh, full disclosure, Doug gave me this category, this question. So I'm going to use that right off the bat. So <laughs> <laughs> well, the other one might not be as funny. This one's actually pretty good. Uh if you could take a video game character to prom, who would it be? And I don't know. And why? Who who cares? Who would it be? Video game character. Take him to prom. Let me know when you're ready. Oh, man. Of course, I came up with that question, but I didn't put any thought into an answer. Until <laughs> into just what the now. answer would be. Yeah. yeah, I was just thinking we had a whole conversation about how you you hadn't used that one yet. And that's a good one to use. And, and I did not once think, oh, who would I take? I did not prepare myself in advance. Um, that's how this show works, I think. It is. Isn't that is. how all podcasts work? Like, just yeah. fuck it, roll with it. Mm, for the much. most part. We flounder, but we don't drown. Um. Let me Speak for here. yourself. I don't know. Oh, can yeah. I can I take <laughs> can I take someone from a video game that's not out yet? Yeah, sure. Okay, John Wick. Ooh, <laughs> damn! I was just gonna say Knuckles. Oh man, see that's funny, but oh, dude, it's John Wick. Yeah, yeah it is. It that's is. So, that's the got, right answer. You got me. I know. Damn it, poor Knuckles. Come on, John Wick at a prom? Come on. Yep, that would be nope. Buck Wild. He's he's going to be prom king, no doubt. Oh my god. All right, so Whitney's crushing it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> my que- the one that I thought of is actually geared toward Whitney, so Uh-oh. this this really works out. So, it's back to school time, mm-hmm. and uh, I figured I'd try to think of a timely question. If you could have Keanu Reeves as a teacher, which subject would you most want him to teach? Home ec. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm thinking study hall? That's not a... No, pick again. That's not a thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, art class. Because I want to see what kind of shit he can create. Huh. All right. Uh, Whitney, why would you want him to teach home ec? I don't know. He just like seems like the kind of guy who 
would be good at home ec. <laughs> I think it would be very funny to be in a room with Keanu Reeves, who is very intense and yet at the same time very soft-spoken. Um, and like, you know, learning how to cook. Huh. Learning how to sew a button on. I think that would just just really fit his strengths. I'm just picturing him doing the whole like clay pottery thing and spinning it and then mm-hmm. also teaching you how to paint a, a mural on the, the school wall. Actually, you know what? I think I got to give this one to Whitney because now I'm picturing like Neo uh, making breakfast and then John Wick like building whatever it is. I didn't take Comex, so I don't know exactly what happens, but you know, just a different Keanu Reeves character each day for each new thing that you for have to do in your class topic yeah yeah god yeah. damn it that there's, is amazing. there's a there's a sewing keanu reeves and a cooking keanu reeves and a carpentry keanu reeves and yeah also mm-hmm. i don't want to think of a third category so whitney wins congratulations yeah, I was say, <laughs> congrats though that was a hell of a sweep and Matt, uh pat you didn't miss out on home ec. all i really remember is that one kid peed in the one room and it was really weird so that's awesome yeah, i'm sorry that i ruined this game for you <laughs> no, it's fine. That's how we play. I was walrus. That cannot be the first time anyone has talked about pee and I was the walrus. <laughs> it's definitely not. Or yeah. on the I, show I in general. Assure. Yeah. Absolutely. But that was a fun episode, guys. Let's wrap this one up and do some plugs. Uh, Pat, like I mentioned on our show, you have a podcast. Where can our listeners find that and you on the internet? So uh, I now host two podcasts because I don't do anything oh, else right. with my time. Um, <laughs> but the, the main one is called The Melting Pat. Uh, Preaching to the choir here, Pat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, Whitney does like 17. You should have had her go first. Uh, <laughs> so the main one is The Melting Pat. Uh, I do a little sports, a little wrestling. Uh, I try to do a different independent band every week. Um, everything you need to know about that is at themeltingpat.com. And my wife and I host a podcast on about TV shows called The Short-Lived Show Show. Uh, one to three seasons, shows that didn't last too long, and we just talk about them and have a great time. We are now into Mission Hill, which is a wonderful cartoon. If you've never heard of it, they're all on YouTube. Check it out. Uh, our next one will be episode five, so... Uh, we're having a great time with that. So yeah, I, I, it's me doing a bunch of talking, and uh, nobody's told me to stop yet, so I keep doing it and having a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, Everywhere at the Melting Pat. Also, you can follow me on Twitter there, and I live tweet uh, episodes of this show. So that's a lot of fun for me. If no one else, it's, it amuses me while I'm at work. Definitely. and It's fun for me, too. Pat. Oh, thank you. And it's fun for my wife. No, I, I can't say Jesus that yet, but I will be able to soon. <laughs> and the fact that you have a podcast with her, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, my, my wife. My, my, she's not my wife yet, but my fiance, she's a, a criminal justice major, and I'm a computer science uh, major, and I've felt like we've always joked about making a show called Criminal Science, but like they'd make no sense. But anyway, uh, Whitney, how about you? You have a million podcasts, like we said. Yes, I do. Um, historical hotties. We are at our, I don't remember what we're calling it. The year and last chance extravaganza, something to that effect, where we are giving all of the, the people who didn't win their category of hotties a second chance. So 
Uh, we are going to go through and let everybody vote. It's sort of a bracket type system where we have the audience vote. Um, and then we're kicking that off next week. And then after a week or so of voting, those, uh, the people that win that go on to the next round where previous guest hosts will then weigh in their opinions and, and cast their votes. And then it comes down to the final four, I believe, where, um, we, judge them based on different factors kind of blindly. We pair them up against one another to see who's going to come out as hottest with like facts and with quotes, but not knowing who they're attributed to. So that's happening right now. That's the whole thing that we did last year. And I I reached out on social media and I was like, did people enjoy doing that? Should we do that again? Because we're at the year mark and everyone was like, please do it again. So we're doing it again. Um, it's really fun and it's, it's nice to give one person sort of like the, the crown of honorary hottie because you have people like, how did Freddie Mercury not win his episode? Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> and like, so giving the, those people a fighting chance to come back in and really, really go for it is, uh, it feels good to, to let those people have a second chance at being a historical hottie. And then totally. Cool Breeze Over the Mountains is my Keanu Reeves podcast and we just did Chain Reaction. That's coming out this week, or I don't know when this episode is coming up, but it just came out or is coming out. And um, yeah, so just follow me on Twitter at Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N, and then you can find all my other podcasts there. Very cool. And I just remembered, I forgot to start the show off with the joke I was saving for the longest time. The reason we have a new intro and outro is because we're starting season two of Almost Better Than Silence right now. It's official. I feel like after 300 some episodes, we can finally put season one to bed. It's a good, solid season. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think I'm going to title this season two starts now. So yeah. And that's canon, people. It's official. Season two. No joke. Uh, But no, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, If you like our show give us a like follow subscribe uh we're findable on all the social medias at abt silence i am twitch streaming regularly it's uh tuesdays and thursdays at 8 p.m eastern standard time so stop in and hang out and say hi most likely be playing some breath of the wild so it's been a lot of fun interacting with you guys there so looking forward to hanging out with some more people and I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, if you want to follow my record label, a lot of shit's going on. It's been a whole year of that now. Uh, I was doing like this post for Instagram, like a year in review of the record label and bands that are considered friends and family. Friends are people that have appeared on my compilations. There was like 20 plus bands there. And then I think there was 40 some bands that are family that I've done releases for. So it's just kind of insane how many bands across the world I've been working with in like in just a year's amount of time. So I'm really excited to see where that goes. But if you have any interest in that, check it out, uh mistoutrecords.com. But it's been a blast. Thanks for joining us again, Pat Johnston. I will call you up next time when no one else wants to be on the show. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Wait. Uh but <laughs> and and thanks for listening, listeners. We'll be back next week. See ya. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye.